Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome back to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I'm joined by Fred Jackson and Ray Pritchard and Steve Jordahl. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. And uh, we will come right back to it. I, I just wanted to, uh, I, I, we got a little bit of criticism on Facebook, and, and I, I don't always get a chance to check our Facebook comments, but I do want to say that the pronunciation of the new variant uh, is either Omicron or Omicron. Uh, it's a Greek letter, okay? Yeah, uh, really, it should be pronounced in Greek, shouldn't it? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> right. Omicron is the British pronunciation, and yes, I tend to like the British pronunciation because it makes you s- sound smarterer. Okay, right. <laughs> so uh, so I just want I just wanted to let folks know to just you know please cut us a little slack here. Tomorrow, it's been 40 years since I took Greek. And tomorrow wait, wait, wait tomorrow on today's issues, we will discuss tomato, tomato. Yes. Because <laughs> right, apparently. So stay tuned, Apparently folks. it's a big deal to some of our folks. And uh, all right. And you know who you are. So, all right. Hey, uh, Ray, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Keep Believing Ministries. Well, let me, Ed, mention that uh, we're heading into the Christmas season. This is the beginning of Advent that season leading up to Christmas Day. And if people come to our website, mm. keepbelieving.com, right there on the right there on the front page, there's an opportunity to download a free, as in no cost, free Advent devotional ebook that our ministry has just released. It's called Advent Alphabet. Advent Alphabet. We're going A to Z through the Christmas story starting tomorrow, December the 1st through December the 26th, the day after Christmas. A is for angels, B is for Bethlehem, uh, E is for east, H is for hope, and on through every letter of the alphabet. And as we do that, there's a devotionals, prayer, link to YouTube videos. Uh, I want to encourage our listeners, if you want to get your heart ready for the coming of the Lord, sort of get away from, there's a lot of distractions there, yes, a lot of stuff right. that, 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 that we talk about. And you want to get back to what really matters, surf on over to keepbelieving.com and download the Advent Alphabet free ebook. Uh, starting tomorrow, I'm going to be doing live video devotionals each day through the December the 26th. And we just want to Give a chance for our listeners to join us in preparing our hearts for the coming of the Lord. So we're at keepbelieving.com, and the name of the ebook is Advent Alphabet. Well, and Ray is, for those of you, and Ray did, did, never asks me to promote Keep Believing Ministries, he just never has. But he is a wonderful Bible teacher. You want to get your hands on this to prepare your hearts for the, uh, the Advent uh, season. Um, and also all sorts of other great materials there. And, Ray, let me just ask you this. For you to have this as we come into the Christmas season, you must have worked on this, like, in the summer. I mean, you've got your act together, brother. I will say that. Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes (laughs) I have part of my act together. (laughs) It's about the most I will claim. I will say it is – you you have to shift your mind in August, say, or September – into angels and Bethlehem and all of that, but it's a great story, right? It's yes. it's the very heart of our faith, and 
uh, we ought to be we ought to be finding ways to to rid ourselves or at least downplay some of these many secular distractions and yeah. get back to the heart of what we say we believe. Well, and if you it, it, just for going forward, for, uh, Ray, if you uh, if you need to shift gears in August, just make a trip to uh, Cracker Barrel because uh, that, that that will shift. That will shift your uh, your gears real quick. You'll you'll get into the Christmas spirit. It, it's Christmas all year long at Cracker Barrel, right? <laughs> and if you want to go even earlier, go to Hobby Lobby. Yes, Hobby Lobby. There you Either go. Hobby, it never stops being Christmas <laughs> at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> all right. So uh, keep leaving ministries dot com. All right. I got that right, right, Ray? Uh, keep, just keep believing. Keep, keep believing. believing. Okay. All right. Dot com. Yeah. You're so polite. You didn't even correct me. <laughs> this, this I would just let just, it pass. This guy's uh, just he's a gem. All right, Steve, speaking of gems. I was just thinking if, if Ray were smarter, or he would be doing the advent in the Greek alphabet. Yes, that's right. Uh, all right. Omicron or yeah. Omicron? Yeah. yeah. I I'm confused. Folks, I'm just, I'm just playing with you. Those of you who might have made a couple of comments on, on Facebook, I'm just messing with you, all right? So, all right, Steve. Go ahead. All right. Hey, today is Giving Tuesday. Did you know that? I only knew this because you told us. This morning yeah. in our story meeting, I had never heard of it. So in the same way that retailers take part in Black Friday um, and uh, online shoppers on Cyber Monday, right? Uh, they have put together this thing called Giving Tuesday, and it's today. And it's where, and this is reading from their about sheet, they say it's a global generosity movement taking place each year after Black Friday, the opening day of the giving season, a time when charities, companies, and individuals join together to rally for their favorite causes. So I, I've heard many ministries on our, our air say, hey, maybe it's a good time uh, if, if you're celebrating Giving Tuesday, if you're getting in the giving spirit, send some our way. Uh, you know, and in fact, is it Dr. Jeffress or it's Focus on the Family? One of those two is say they'll double whatever you give today. They've got okay. donors who will match that. So it's Giving Tuesday. But you know what? The Salvation Army decided on this Giving Tuesday to... to <laughs> they're kind of going against... They're, they're getting some pushback because the Salvation Army has gone woke. So while... What? Yeah. While the bell ringers are out on Giving Tuesday hoping people give, people are, are running away from the Salvation Army because they are uh, centering their... Um, efforts right now on critical race theory in in their theology and uh, lamenting and repenting and apologizing for systemic racism and uh, hook, line, and sinker. Okay, so let me see if I get this right. First of all, um, on the Giving Tuesday thing, I thought this would be a good good thing to mention to our folks. And, And folks, we're not asking you to give to AFA and AFR unless you feel like you want to. But I, I think it's always a great time to give to ministries who are doing the Lord's work. You should already be giving to your church, obviously, uh, tithing and whatnot and offerings. But this is a good day to, to do that. Uh, I do think it's interesting that uh, we're going to get back to this Salvation Army story, that you have Cyber Monday and then Giving Tuesday. And so isn't tomorrow like Fat Wednesday, like when you first get on the scale after Thanksgiving and you find out that you're fat now? That, that might be it. Uh, uh, don't, not to be confused with Fat Tuesday. Which fat Tuesday, right. Is, uh, I, I, was, I was making Gras. a little bit Mardi of a, of a, of a, of a Mardi joke Gras, there, which so. is actually in French, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Right. Is that what that means? Yeah. yeah. Mardi French for I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I am learning so much on this show. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to the Salvation Army. Listen, I agree with what the Salvation Army is doing 
if they have been systemically racist for a long time, then they should obviously repent. Okay, they should obviously make things <laughs> right. If the Salvation Army has been a racist organization throughout its history, it should make things right and repent. But they have no right to repent on behalf of everybody else, and that sounds like what they're doing. Are they saying that white people are racist and we should all repent, or are they just repenting for their own Apparently, systemic racism over the years. All right, so they, I believe it's the second. Yeah, uh, it's the first that they're everybody. They're, they're yeah. lumping. I knew that. But I, I have just been. To- I have actually interacted often with the Salvation Army for for years. I remember mm-hmm. uh, as part of a singing group, we used to go to the Salvation Army, a men's group that I was with, and we'd sing and and they we would exchange musical stuff and everything. Yeah, and uh, I got to tell you, the Salvation Army was fighting racism before it was popular. They were fighting racism back in the 1800s when they started, and all through the 20s and Jim Crow, they were they were fighting racism when it was institutionally and systemically here. So, but but they weren't. So you're saying they, they were, were not. They systemically were not racist. No, they were the they were the guiding light to a lot of. I mean, the, before the civil rights movement, there was the Salvation Army. A lot of people don't recognize that in history and that's they don't mind but but to now say that everything is systemically racist it's either really them standing on top of a mountain pointing down at everybody saying you you evil fools or else they're saying you know oh i guess all this work we we didn't accomplish anything it's you <laughs> that's the problem though yeah. uh, ray let's come let, let me uh, no fred i think we've kind of pushed you to the sidelines usually we do that's that to okay. ray we that's usually okay. we, we ignore ray on the on the phone but th- this this is the trouble with this ideology, and it is an ideology, although it takes theological form sometimes, mm-hmm. is that there's, it, it doesn't make sense. So to Steve's point, if the Salvation Army has been racist all this time, they should repent for their own actions. Mm-hmm. If they have not been racist, and in fact, if, uh, I, believe, I believe what Steve is saying, having worked with the Salvation Army, if they have been a stalwart from a Christian perspective, against the sin of racism, and it is a sin to hate people based on their skin color, but nothing's changed, then why are you telling the rest of us to go woke? Because obviously nothing changes. Even if you work for over 100 years to change it, you never get anywhere. This first, is the problem with this well, idea. first question is why now? Right. Why are you doing it? And I think the there's the answer there. Uh, wokeness, talk about critical race theory, talk about apologizing for other people 100 years ago being racist. It's in vogue right now. Right. University campuses, mainstream media, uh, the Biden administration, it's other denominations are doing this. So it has become, in some circles, a popular thing to do. Let's go out there and be woke. Maybe we'll get the world to like us a little bit more if we sound woke, if we sound more like the world. But that thinking is totally contrary to Scripture. Right. (laughs) Because scriptural teaching has never been popular, all right? And so uh, trying to get the world to like you by sounding like the world, by sounding like the the world's priorities, it has never worked. In fact, what usually happens, and we've seen this in other denominations that have tried this, i.e. accepting homosexuality and all that sort of thing, 
Look at where those denominations are today. Presbyterian Church USA, Evangelical Lutheran Church. Episcopal Church. Episcopal Church. They're all sliding into oblivion. Right. That's where they're going. And so for if if the thinking, and we don't know this, if the thinking of the Salvation Army was if we come out with these statements, we'll get more people following us, more people giving us money. I don't know if we have the clip from... uh, Tony Perkins uh, did an interview with somebody Uh, yesterday, and one of the points being, why would you come out with this right now when you're into your red kettle season? Right, right. Uh, I'm not sure how widely this has been reported. Probably not widely enough to, I wouldn't guess, to affect what they Yeah, probably if you go up to somebody who is at the red kettle outside one of businesses over the next several weeks, they will not know what you're talking about, bless their hearts. They, They probably haven't heard what the head office is doing. Right. Uh, now, it was mentioned on Tony Perkins' show yesterday that the Salvation Army, Tony, I think, said this, has walked this back a little bit. I haven't seen that yet, uh, but I think this is a tragic mistake. If you're trying to please the world by trying to present your denomination as being in vogue with the thinking of the day, it just doesn't work. Well, especially since the most of these local chapters if they're called of the of the salvation army aren't going to substantially change what they do no. for the community no so you ask you got to ask yourself well then why are you making a big deal of this you're going to continue being the salvation army the non-racist salvation army i i wish we had a bible teacher who could kind of give us some, oh yeah we do have one uh <laughs> dr ray pritchard ray uh let me just ask you this uh this idea, and I don't want to go too deeply into critical race theory. We have beaten the dead horse, I think, over and over again. But this really is the antithesis of the gospel because critical race theory and ideologies that are akin to it, sometimes I don't always use the words critical race theory, their basic argument is that white people are racist. You can't change who you are or what you do. But that's not what the gospel says about the, the the very real sin of racism properly defined. It is a sin, but the gospel gives the Christian hope that they can overcome sinful behavior, right? Well, absolutely. Preachers like to say, I have said myself many times, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, hmm. that we all come, we come as sinners, You sin one way, I sin another way, but we all fall short of God's standard of perfect righteousness. So it doesn't matter. In fact, Romans 3.22 says, for there is no difference between between rich and poor, male, female, whether you're from America or Africa or Asia, no matter what color your skin may be, we all come in as sinners. And frankly, we're all in big trouble. If God doesn't do something, the whole human race is going to end up in hell. And the great good news of the gospel is he did something. He did the greatest thing in the world. He sent his own son as a sacrifice for our sins. He paid the price. He died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead so that anybody anywhere, anybody anywhere can, through faith in Jesus Christ, have a brand new life. The hopelessness of CRT is it it. It, number one, not only demonizes one group of people because of their skin color, but it also basically says there is no hope at all. And the good news is, if any man is in Christ, doesn't matter, male, female, young or old, ethnic origin, language, 
race doesn't matter. If you are in Christ, you are a brand new person. All things have become new. So, Ed, that's the hope of the gospel, that yes, yes, racism is a terrible sin. It's a, It's been a blight whenever it's been practiced, whenever it's been upheld. And through the gospel, men and women who who have been guilty of whatever sin, they can be cleansed, they can be changed, they can be made new. So in Jesus Christ, is there hope? Yes, there is, because we have we who are sinners have been made new by the gospel. And in the gospel, it doesn't matter what your outward background may be, that you, we are all one in Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. Yes, we do fall short of that. I, I, I acknowledge in this world we fall short of that, but in Christ, we are all one. God doesn't play favorites. Ray, the theology of critical race theory also says I'm responsible for the sin of somebody else a hundred years ago. Uh, There's no biblical backing for that. God doesn't hold me responsible for somebody else's sin a hundred years ago. But that's that's one of the basis of critical race theory, that because of what happened a hundred years ago, somehow I'm still responsible for that, and I owe somebody else for somebody else's sin. As I say, I don't think there's any biblical teaching on that. Zero, zero. Look, Fred, I speak for nobody else in this panel, but I got got enough sins of my own to take care of (laughs) without confessing anybody else's sins, right? If I'm really honest before the Lord, you know, the the, the great prayer of general confession, we are miserable sinners, not just sinners, but (laughs) miserable sinners. I've got enough to take care of just trying to walk before the Lord in honesty and humility. I can't take the burden of what happened 150 years ago. I'm not saying, look, to be fair about it, I'm not saying there's not continuing issues in our generation from stuff that happened a century ago. Yes, there, is, yes, there are those continuing implications, and I want to do whatever I can in this world to make a difference for honesty and kindness and reach out to people who may be quite different from me, but I share common faith in Jesus Christ. No, you cannot confess the sins of somebody else a hundred years ago, and you shouldn't try. It's a terrible waste of time. All right, Steve. All right. Um, thank you for that, Ray. Good good Bible teaching. Um, so we've uh, seen a lot of businesses with COVID coming last year sent all their employees home and started having them work from home, right? Right. right. Uh, so, and a lot of these companies are saying, hey, that's not a bad idea. You know, we're a lot of people working from home. We can save on rent, downsize our offices. I want you to hear, though, a report from Fox's Jillian Turner that came out yesterday about what companies are also putting along with that. Cut 12. Cybersecurity experts tell Fox News that American companies' use of employee monitoring software is just exploding right now during the pandemic. While this might not be something you've heard about, experts say if you're still working from home now, odds are your company is using at least one program to track you every single day. It is now standard practice for many employers to track the websites you visit, the apps you use, including social media, your emails, time you spend on your computer, the keystrokes you enter, even screenshots of your computer computer that they can grab at any moment. The most invasive method employers use is activating webcams on your work laptop or desktop while you're at home. Wow. I didn't, uh, standard I didn't know pra- that. Standard practice, they're saying. So this is obviously, this is with a work-provided laptop. This, I mean, they're not... They, or, they're not or, or work-provided software to the desktop that you owe, own. I, or just... You, 
in order to do your work at home, you have to download certain software from the company. Right. And what I think she's saying is embedded in that software can be a monitoring system. Okay, so let me see if I understand this correctly. Now, obviously, if if the company, I'm, I'm boiling, putting this on the, the cookies down on the bottom shelf here for myself as well as for some of the listeners. So if the you're if if you work for Intel and they're going to allow you to work at home and they hand you a laptop, you go home, there's spyware on it. I don't know how else to put it. I can at least understand that they could legally get away with doing that. But if they force you to download software onto your own computer, Without telling you, it seems to me that's a lawsuit waiting to happen unless you have to click agree and don't read what it says there. Yeah, let me go halfway for you there because I think you're right. But uh, according to this article, freelancing gig workers, as the people that work at home but not for any one particular company, they they sell their services basically to to whoever they can. Um, They have been on the cutting edge of not being trusted by their contractors for a long time now. uh, Delivery drivers, warehouse workers are tracked relentlessly, so even if you work for that company. White-collar freelancers like designers, writers, copy editors, and transcriptors and other office uh, workers are often asked to use time management programs that not only track you down to the second how long you work on a task, but will detect and deduct lag time. So this is, yes, your home computer. Although you do know about it, your home computer. These people do know about this? Well, they are asked to, it says they're asked. Okay. Yeah, they're asked to. Well, well, the the other thing I would be concerned about if you're working from home, and I think there were some cases over the last couple of years because of COVID and kids working at home, of the other side activating your camera on your screen. Yes, that is To to look at you during private times. Yes, uh, that kind of thing. I, I'd want to know em. about that. I'd yeah. want to know about Sue that. Sue them. Listen, well, Ray, I, I, put a Band-Aid over your camera. <laughs> well, I, right. and, and people are going to have to take those kinds of uh, those kinds of steps, I guess. But, Ray, let me just say this. That's, that, is, that just makes my blood boil. I, I understand that if you're paying someone for their time, there should be – it's like punching in. I understand sure. that, okay? And you should make sure that the person you hire knows that's what you're going to do. But for companies to just be doing this, maybe without people knowing, on personal time, that just makes my my blood boil. I hope someone gets a real black eye over this legally. But it because the companies are making people work at home. And I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're going to work at home, if you're being forced to work at home, you are not going to be, probably not going to be as productive if you've got kids at home too. That's just the way it is, but it's the company forcing the people to work at home because of their COVID restrictions. This is a can of worms. I'm just going to tell you. What do <laughs> yeah. you think, Ray? I agree. I don't. And the thing is, Ed, I don't know. There's much. I don't know if there's much to be done about it because I think that that spyware is out there. The technical ability is out there, folks. Uh, <laughs> just be careful. Be careful what you do and say around your own computers. I mean, you ought to be, you ought to be thinking about this. Personal security is a huge issue. Not nowadays. to mention Siri and those kind of apps that are always listening anyway, yep. too. Yes, you, you bet. 
Uh, listen, if I was a freelancer, <laughs> on that cheery note, <laughs> yes, if I was a freelancer, I would tell the company uh, I will get the job done. If you don't tell me how much time I got to spend getting it done. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like this. I, I'm. I, I'm starting to not like big corporations more and more and more. Although I believe in capitalism. All right. Today's issues will see you tomorrow and about five times in between. Yes. <laughs> More great programming directly ahead, folks, on American Family Radio. Lord willing, see you tomorrow.